T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Aldrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, everybody, welcome back in. Sports Daily, hour number two. Shocker fans, you can continue to weigh in on the Wichita State coaching search. Uh, the departure of Isaac Brown, 869-1240. We will take calls on that throughout the show. And and really, pretty much that's pretty much an open topic uh, for the next few weeks until the next coach comes in here. Uh, in the meantime, we got an NCAA tournament to play, Tommy. And, you know, for KU fans, for K-State fans, we know the path now. Neither will be going through Kansas City. Uh, K-State will go through. If they reach it, it will be New York City for the Sweet 16. And KU will go out to Vegas for the Sweet 16. Uh, initial tournament thoughts, I think all of us will have the same. Why did Houston end up a higher seed than Kansas after losing to Memphis? Had Houston beat Memphis, I think you could justify it. But with the loss to Memphis, it didn't make any sense to anybody. And that basically cost Kansas a trip to Kansas City potentially. Uh, they're in the toughest region, I think, which is also pretty universal, right? We all probably feel that way. And to me, that has as much to do with you know, for Kansas, U- UCLA was is a team I'm considering to win the national championship. I'm not as high on Gonzaga, I don't think, as the masses are. I'm more concerned about TCU being in there, honestly, Tommy, than I am <laughs> than I am anything. Um, but it is a tough region, and it is a tough draw. But here's the reality of it for me. Kansas is a favorite in this tournament and still might be, and I haven't decided yet, still might be the team I picked to win it all. I, I kind of need to see McCullers' health situation here. If McCullers healthy, I'm probably taking Kansas. And so it doesn't really matter because I think Kansas' strength is its versatility and its ability to sort of transform within a game what it needs to do. I don't know why Texas has cleaned their clock the last couple of times. Heck, I might pick Texas to win it all. Texas is, you know, athletically as good as any team in the country. I just don't know yet. But what I do know is for Kansas, ultimately, it it shouldn't matter when you're Kansas which region you have to go play in, right? There aren't very many teams that get the natural appeal and fit of being able basically to play in their hometown at some point in the tournament. It happens, but it's not necessary. Kansas didn't have that last year, right? And they went out and they won an NCAA tournament. So it's okay. Like, I'm not ready to 
you know, jump off a cliff and like I, I'm not, I don't have my pitchforks and all that stuff out because ultimately Kansas now, to me, Tommy, they get to put a chip on their shoulder, and that's that that is important too. Like that can be a big that can be a big win, like almost as big as playing essentially a home game. Kansas is going to have the biggest crowd wherever they play, but to have that size chip that you can so easily place there if you're the coaching staff, that's a that's not a bad thing either. Well, I do think it does matter. I mean, going back to what you said about the draw not really mattering, I do think it does matter. I mean, they've got some, the lowest. Shouldn't. They have the lowest odds of a number one seed to make the final four in the entire Ken Palm era. I mean, that's how difficult this draw is for yep. Kansas. And I never, ever want to hear the phrase quad one wins ever again because clearly that doesn't matter clearly the committee doesn't value that i mean kansas won more quad had more quad one wins than any other team in history this season and you know they were 17 and 7 in quad one games and houston i believe they were 15 and 2 in quad one and quad two and Houston is above them. The committee justified it by saying, well, you know, Houston was competitive in their losses. Well, yeah, they probably should be competitive when they're losing to Memphis and, and Temple. Like, those were the games that, you know, they lost. Like, that sh they should be competitive in those games against that those opponents. Um, I just don't understand why Kansas gets penalized for that. And they've got, I mean, from, from top to bottom, that region is absolutely stacked. I mean, you're going to get the winner of Illinois and Arkansas in the yeah, second round. That is a juggernaut. I don't care who you're facing. I don't care if you're facing the Razorbacks or the Illini. That is an incredible matchup in the first round between that 8-9 game. That's probably the marquee 8-9 matchup in the entire NCAA tournament. They're all and that's who good. Kansas, you know, Kansas will have the winner of that in the second round. Oh, and then by the way, you can probably look to face off against a UConn, potentially in the Sweet 16. Oh, and then you also have UCLA and probably, actually definitely, the most dangerous six seed of all time in TCU in your region. So, I mean, it is absolutely brutal for the Jayhawks. Yeah, I'm, I, six seed, what were, what year, the year the Shockers went to Omaha, I think they were a seven seed. So I'll, I'll count that because that was a ridiculously seeded team too. Uh, here's the thing on it I don't know the computer models at all and I'm not saying the draw doesn't suck and honestly matchups matter more than anything in the NCAA tournament we know that but Kansas shouldn't fear Arkansas or Illinois Kansas shouldn't fear UConn Kansas shouldn't fear uh TCU is a different story obviously um Gonzaga probably a different story in UCLA Th those are the team but other than that like I, if you're Kansas Losing because you had to play Illinois or Arkansas in the second round is not going to be an excuse that's acceptable, so who cares? Here's the thing that I don't get, and you brought up the quad one stuff. Look, I don't understand the computer models. I, I, you know, whatever. Um, that's, that's for smarter people to do. But Kansas is ninth in the net rankings, which are supposed to be the most important things. Houston's first. And Kansas is ninth in the Ken Palm, Houston's first, right? So the fact that they're ninth in the Ken Palm and the net means something metrically was off with Kansas. And whether it's fair that they were punished and it's because they have seven quad one loss, I don't know because I don't know how much like defensive efficiency and I don't all that stuff over my head, don't care. I, I think that those are nice things to look at to understand, try to understand where a team might be placed. 
But seeing them ninth in both of those two things, which are so critically important, and Houston first, I mean, I guess it's that. I mean, you can just point the, to that. Yeah, but the I, I dude don't know. from the committee, uh, if you watch, I mean, I, I know you did, but I did. you watched the selection show. The, the dude from the committee says that they gave a little bit of an allowance to Houston because they were missing their best player in the title right. game. Kansas was missing Kevin McCuller and Bill Self in the Big 12 title game. Where was the allowance there for well, the Jayhawks? Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't get it. It, it was, I, I think it was going to be hard for him to justify in the moment. I don't know enough about that guy to know if he's well-equipped to handle that kind of questioning on the spot like that. I don't know. But my gut tells me that when you see the metrics that the committee uses, put Kansas 9, right, both of them, uh, especially the net rankings, which are supposed to be the most important. I mean, he should have just said, look, we had him ninth in the net rankings and Houston was first. We just couldn't justify putting him up ahead just because they were close to home. Now, the reality is the NCAA is crazy for not putting Kansas, Kansas State, or Missouri in Kansas City. Like, at some yeah. point, like, we're all going to be okay if you do things like that, NCAA, because it's going to make right. those, like, for those cities, like, it means a lot. So, bend the rules. We'll look the other way. We don't really care. We were all stunned that Kansas didn't get placed in Kansas City after Houston lost to Memphis. All of us. We all were. I couldn't believe it, right? But as I look at it, and then I just try to go back and and use the things the committee says that they use to do this, and I see now whether Kansas should be ninth in the net or Kim Palm is a different story because I don't buy that for one second. I trust Vegas more than I trust those things, and Vegas has Kansas as one of the favorites, right? So, well, they have Houston as the favorite, and and I just it's okay. Like it sucks, right? It's not the best path. It's all these things. I get it, but at the end of the day. Kansas doesn't need to fear Illinois or Arkansas. They no. don't need to fear UConn. No. They don't need but, to fear but, any of you these would teams. You would absolutely love to have a little bit of an easier draw, though. I mean, look because at the other number one seeds and what they're— Did you want Texas? Because Texas is another two, right? Did you want Texas or Arizona I'm talking or about the overall, the overall body of work in the entire region. Like, the entire region, top to bottom— in the West is ridiculously stacked. And so the other thing that I think about a lot in this is what's the point of scheduling tough in the non-conference? Like, I mean, you're already playing in the toughest conference in America in the big 12. Uh, and, and that's, you know, I think just universally known how great the big 12 was this year from top to bottom. So what's the point if you're Kansas moving forward, if the committee clearly doesn't value the quad one wins, if they are looking at the overall net rankings and all of those different things, then what's the point of the strength of schedule then? Kansas had the number one most difficult strength of schedule in America. Number one, there wasn't a team in America that had a tougher schedule than the Jayhawks did. So, but if the, com if the committee doesn't value that as much as they value the net rankings, Houston played in the American, you know, they were playing teams like, you know, the University of South Florida and East Carolina, they lost at home to Temple, who finished the season 16 and 16, and the Jayhawks are playing in the Big 12, and, oh, by the way, scheduling incredibly difficult non-conference games for the most part. Why does that matter? Why, why even go in and schedule a tough non-conference opponent then? Well, you do that so you're prepared for these tournament games, right? Like, you don't... you. You do that so that you're ready for the NCAA tournament, 
I mean, Kansas doesn't need to do that no matter what they do because they play in the Big 12. They don't have to do that. They don't do that so that they can have a, a great strength of schedule for the committee to evaluate. They do it so they're prepared for the NCAA tournament. And so, and by the way, so that they can make a lot of money. Um, but it, so it just, like, if I look at the bracket and, and I agree that it's the toughest region, but having UCLA versus having Texas, like what's, you know, if you're Kansas based on recent history, as much as highly as I think of UCLA, UCLA's hobbled and I'd rather have UCLA than Texas. I'd pro UCLA and Arizona are both there, right? Arizona, the difference there, probably not massive. And again, I really like UCLA. Marquette's white hot. So, like, it, there wasn't really a good two draw to me. And then you look at the threes. Again, I'm not as high on Gonzaga. Now, the metrics like Gonzaga. I'm definitely higher on Gonzaga than I am Xavier. Like, I'd rather be, I'd rather have Xavier as the three. But the difference between Gonzaga and Baylor, if Baylor's healthy, I'm not so sure there. Kansas State, Kansas State's already shown that they can beat Kansas. So, and then you go to the four in UConn, right? And the other fours are, uh, are, are out there. Tennessee, Tennessee beat Kansas. Wouldn't you rather have UConn than Tennessee? Tennessee lost its point guard, I know. Don't know a lot about Virginia this year. Uh, and then Indiana, you'd rather have Indiana. So I think it's as much about like Houston, yes, ended up in a region where you could have had Indiana as a four, but there's a lot of people that really like Indiana too, and Xavier is the three, but then you'd have had Texas in that region, and you don't want that either. Like if you're Kansas right now or a Kansas fan, who is the one team that you would like to not play in your region? It's Texas. And I know they'd have to play them in the final four, but that, at that point you get to an unavoidable thing. But isn't Texas the most, the, the number one team you'd like to avoid at this point if you're Kansas? Well, and sure, without a doubt. And and if they switched places with Houston, they'd have Texas in the Elite Eight. So I, I, I think you can, we can all look at it, and yes, it's the toughest draw, but there are also advantages to not being in the same region as Texas or Tennessee because Tennessee had your number in one game that you played this year. So it's okay, right? Like, it's annoying for about five minutes to me. Like, ah, that sucks that they don't get to play in Kansas City. And yeah, they probably had a better resume than Houston, even though the metrics didn't say that, which, again, I don't know why they didn't say that, but they didn't say that. That was, that was annoying for about five minutes. And then it's time to put that to the side and really evaluate that bracket and say, all right, Kansas, what do they have to do? Well, look, yeah. Arkansas, Illinois is an unfortunate 8-9 matchup, but we're not scared of Arkansas or Illinois. If you're Kansas, you're fine. You don't, like, you don't, it doesn't matter. Maryland, West Virginia was, is going to create a tough matchup. Memphis, Florida, Atlantic, if you're Purdue, are you real excited about playing either one of those two teams? Because I'm not. So it was, it's always tough on the 8-9 line. And, and we'll just, I, I, I'm just, it is, I but I'm not Kansas sure it's always, fine. I'm not sure it's always as tough as, the winner of Illinois, Arkansas. Like I'd rather take the winner of Maryland, West Virginia, or the winner of Iowa, Auburn, as opposed to the winner of Iowa, Illinois, Auburn Arkansas. Is, is a good one. It's really interesting because outside of Texas, right? I would love the Midwest Regional for KU. I, I think the Midwest Regional would be great for KU. It is the softest region to me and to most outside of Texas, looming there as a two seed. If you're Kansas and your and your goal is the Final Four, who that two seed is in your region matters a lot, right? That's the team, and so 
the fact that UCLA, even though they keep winning and have all the experience in the world, and I would have come into this season saying I'm either taking Kansas or UCLA or Houston as my national champion, UCLA is a little bit hobbled right now. And and so I, I think that in this moment, yes, the path to get to the Elite Eight might be a little trickier, but then the path to the Final Four from the Elite Eight is good because it doesn't include Texas. And use that if you're a KU fan as motivation. And again, the other thing is KU fans are going to travel to Vegas just fine. Like they, they will they will almost – there will be more KU fans in Vegas than any other fan base. They'll be okay in that regard. And now they have some motivation. What's what's the great thing, Tommy, if you're a coach, what are you always looking for, right? What's that thing that's going to give us our edge and really make us angry and motivated? Bill Self's going to be able to find that anywhere, but this is so easy, right? Look at this. They didn't respect us. They don't respect us at all. Let's go get it. We're the defending national champions. Like, not that Kansas ever needs respect. Like, this never happens. Kansas would never gets this kind of opportunity to feel slighted, right? Because the Blue Bloods rarely get slighted. Kansas got slighted, and now they can use it. And they don't have to play Texas to get to the Final Four. And I'm a glass-half-full guy. You know that, Tommy. <laughs> but I'm taking this glass-half-full. They didn't. They don't have to play Texas. That's the, the number one thing. If I, I, It just will not be that big a deal to me. Like, I don't care if I play Arkansas or Illinois. That shouldn't bother me if I'm Kansas. The biggest question for Kansas and the biggest concern is the health of Kevin McCullough. Like, first and foremost, that will have the biggest impact on their tournament, at least early on. I hated that they got the Thursday game and not the Friday. That that was unfortunate because it gives one less day of rest for Kevin McCullough. That will be, to me, the most important thing about Kansas, not where they play or who they play, but his health first and foremost. Because if he's healthy, Tommy, Kansas is in the mix to be the best team in the country, period. Full, like, no, no doubt about it. I think I speak for the KU fan base when I say that part of the issue with the draw and with the region, there's a lot of PTSD there from, you know, other runs that you look at, a, you know, a really talented Kansas team, and then you look at the draw that they have, and they get bounced early. It's happened multiple times. They run sure. up against, you know, teams that are buzzsaws. It, I mean, it happens a lot. Like, it happens to every team, right? But, you know, I think the KU fan base, they think back to the Oregon game when they got bounced by Dana Altman's squad. That They were a buzzsaw. The USC game a couple of years ago, USC was yeah, a buzzsaw. Was um, the worst matchup Villanova, possible. like, there have been some matchups that have been really, really bad for Kansas in a year where the Jayhawks looked like they could be a team to make a run. And so I think that there's some PTSD there. And so you you want to look at the overall body of work of the region that that you're in. And, and I understand but the justification and the thought in your mind about avoiding Texas. I get all of that. But outside of the number two seed in the Midwest region, I'd rather take on any of those schools in the Midwest sure. above any other school in the West that KU is in right now. Who Who's the buzzsaw in this region, do you think, for Kansas? Who is it? Because I'd rather play UCLA than Texas if I'm Kansas. So that can't be the buzzsaw. You avoided the two-seed buzzsaw. So who is the buzzsaw then? Well, I think that uh, – I think 
USC TCU, was, if you get that far, TCU is definitely yep, a buzzsaw. Yep, TCU. But, you're think, but at that point, and I, I happen to think this is going to happen, I think TCU is going to beat Gonzaga. But if you think Gonzaga is going to beat TCU, is Gonzaga the buzzsaw? Because I don't think it is. Not for Kansas, right? I, I, that's what I mean. I think it like, could be. I think they could be. But I don't know that they're I, – I, I don't think of them as this impossible matchup. When, when USC was in the path of Kansas that year – that was a very clear buzzsaw. Like, crap. That that one is going to hurt us bad. Like, you could see it coming. It was a bad, bad matchup, right? There Texas, was even a year that Wichita State was the buzzsaw for KU. Right. That I mean, was the like, year th- I was talking about that before, they were severely right? underseeded, right? That Shocker yeah. team was ridiculously seeded, I think, is a seven. That should have never happened. Um I don't know that in this region out I mean TCU is a 6 feels like that but they don't they wouldn't have to play them until the elite 8 right so it's either TCU or UCLA other than TCU I don't see it in this region of some team that would appear to be a really bad like that is not going to line up well for Kansas kind of a team right I I don't I don't see it because I think Kansas is so versatile this year again if fully healthy that they're built to avoid a buzzsaw about as well as they ever have been, right? They can, they've can they shown when they played Kentucky and a lot of times when they played throughout the Big 12 that physically they'll hold up even if undersized. We absolutely know they can run with anybody in the country and score with anybody in the country. And they found their defense late, except for Texas. And so it just, it doesn't, and, and you know, I'm not, as well versed on all of these teams, but I there's not one that jumps out to me right now where I'm like that is going to be brutal, except for Texas, for Kansas because I think that highly of Kansas, quite frankly, if they're healthy, and so I, I'm I'm over it already. Like now I'm looking ahead to how do you get through TCU or UCLA because that's who I think it's going to be, and and that that part of it now you're talking about whatever happens in the Elite Eight. I'm okay with anything. I, here's what I think happens. If Kevin McCuller is healthy and is the full version of himself, we will snicker at the thought that we were worried about Illinois or Arkansas. I think Kansas is that much better than either one of those teams. And so, you know, I, let's. Let, where are those teams? Arkansas right now is 21 in the net, and Illinois is 34 in the net. Okay. That's that's okay. Like it's not that big a deal. That's right where most of the but they're not like some underseeded Wichita State in Omaha or USC when they had to play them as I think USC was a six, right? That year when USC we all loved USC, right? They were clicking, they had those great bigs and all these things. I don't think of any team on the way to the Elite Eight as that. And so you get into the Elite Eight and whether it's UCLA, Gonzaga or TCU. Those are all pretty much evenly matched teams with Kansas anyway. I think it's okay. By the way, uh, talking about that region, one other quick note. I may very well put Iona in the Sweet 16, a Rick Pitino squad. Like, I could see them beating UConn in the first round. Uh, I mean, that's I a, what, a 13 over 4 or yeah. 12, a 13 over 4 matchup. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. How great would that be? Well, Rick Pitino's uh, highly sought after. I think Tech thought they were going to get him, and it now sounds like he'll stay closer to home if that indeed happens. So we'll see. I love it. God, I love March Madness so much, and I have not filled out my bracket. 
This is the longest I've ever gone, Tommy, without filling out my bracket. Other circumstances in life have prevented me from being able to do that, and I'm ready to fill it out. Haven't yet, but I will. But Kansas is going to be involved, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be in my final four. One of the reasons I haven't filled it out is because i got to see what's going on with Kevin McCullough for as long as I possibly can. That's, that's going to be one reason. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, that's Kansas for you. Now what about Kansas State? How do we feel about what the Wildcats are looking at here? We'll talk about that next. Shocker fans, we'll still take your calls on reaction to the Isaac Brown News. 869-1240, Sports Daily coming right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to get back to the sports talk. All right, let's do this thing. Go! Sports Daily is on KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Here we go. K-State, Tommy. Uh, K-State looks pretty good here. They, you know, they they weren't going to get, you know, Des Moines, which would have been nice, or um, even Denver. Those chances looked slim, and it was going to be just sort of a wild card of where they went travel-wise. So they go into the East Regional, which will be New York City, which actually could be pretty advantageous considering the connections to New York City they have on that roster. Um but they go to New York City, and they'll go in as a three, open against Montana State, very likely play Kentucky, although Providence could beat Kentucky. But I don't, you know, if you're K-State, I think you probably feel okay either way there. you got to find an answer for Sheboy. Kentucky does scare me a little bit for K-State. But if you can get through that and get into the Sweet 16, Marquette's there, Michigan State or USC. But Mar- I mean, Marquette's really good. I think K-State looks okay here, Tommy. Um, and and it's, it's really interesting because 
the things we like about K-State are all in play. And we're going to be in play no matter what. Kentucky is actually the team that worries me a little bit because defensively, what is K-State going to be able to do You know, to, to keep him in check from just pulling down a ton of offensive rebo- uh, rebounds and those kinds of things? And you know, Kentucky has experience. But if they can get through Kentucky, if it is Kentucky, I, I think K-State's got a real shot here. I mean, Marquette's really good. Purdue would present the same challenges as Kentucky. How do you stop Edie with the roster that you've got there, right? But I, I think it's okay. I think it's okay for, for K-State here in a path that, you know, you can get behind. I don't think I'm going to take them to the Final Four. Again, I haven't filled it out yet. Just because it the, their bracket consists of both Shibwe and Edie. So as we were talking about KU, like, KU shouldn't be afraid of anything, whatever. They got to get into that Elite Eight. K-State has some potential buzz saws in their way. And, and you know, that that's going to be a challenge for them because of these bigs that they potentially face. How do they defend them? How do they match up against them? I at least really like the Wildcats' path to the second weekend. Um, I, I think the first couple of rounds, uh, I think, think they've got a good chance to make— you concerned about Kentucky? Well, I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, I think that really it's all centered around Oscar Shibway. But Kentucky, you know, they've been— up and down this season it really hasn't been consistent for them although we know what John Calipari can do in the tournament we know how he gets his teams ready to go uh for the NCAA tournament so I mean I I get that and I understand that but I do overall like their path to the second weekend I don't know from there on the other side of their region uh really what you know they they can do because yeah you you're going to be potentially facing off against maybe a Tennessee or a Duke, you know, Purdue looms there on the other half of their their region. So I don't really know past the Sweet 16 what I think about their overall path to like a Final Four, but at least I, I do like the potential of them making it to the second weekend. Yeah, I do too. I mean, Kentucky's the one that worries me the most, and then and then you'd be talking about Purdue, not until, you know, trying to get into the Final Four. If, if Purdue's able right. to get there too. I think the other interesting thing is, is how much, like Kentucky – is an immediate challenge. Purdue, if it's Purdue, you know, they got to get through a pretty tough 8-9 winner, and then Duke looms there for Purdue. I actually, yeah. I, I, I think I may take Duke over Purdue at that I point. Think Duke, I, I think, I mean, Duke may be the hottest team in America right now entering the tournament. Duke's got a really good chance to make the Final Four. Uh, I mean, if I'm Duke now, I'm pretty thrilled uh, because they do have some bigs, and they do have some size, and they do have the superstar freshman that you cook in, like, you know, getting better to the end of the year, and they've got some experience too. Duke may end up being a Final Four team for me. I really like Marquette too um, because, you know, we, we like Shaka Smart, right, in these situations, and he has tournament success on his resume. But I think it's, I, I think it's open, right? I think you can feel pretty good about it if you're Kansas State. You avoid Purdue and Duke until potentially the Elite Eight. It's Kentucky that looms. If Kansas State can get by Kentucky, I think they could reach the Elite Eight here. Um, and that'll be the real challenge and the real test. I, I, I don't know. Kentucky seems tough for me. But, you know, what Kentucky's also got to contend with is the two All-Americans for Kansas State. And we know the good thing about having to play Kentucky is Kansas State has not been— the, the Big 12's advantage in this tournament, Tommy, is going to be the fact that they had to play such a physical brand all year long up to this point, right? Like, 
nobody's going to come in and beat up a Big 12 team. It's not going to happen because there hasn't been a more physical brand of basketball played. So that part prepares you. If they play Kentucky, it's going to take really, really, really good offensive performances from both Noel and Johnson, which we've seen happen, and they can get through it. But, you know, I saw a lot of, oh, I like Kansas State's path a whole lot more than I like Kansas's. I'm not sure I do because I see buzzsaws in Kansas State's path. I really don't see buzzsaws in Kansas's path. And, and yes, the overall body of work might be better in that region. I think that it is. But I think as we look at potential damning matchups, that's, that exists more for K-State than it does for KU to me. Well, the Wildcats absolutely have to uh, avoid the turnovers. Uh, if they want to make it to the second weekend, if they want to try to make a deep to. run, they've got not their to thing. try to limit I that, know. right? I mean, you can't have what you had in the Big 12 tournament in that opening matchup uh, if you want to try to make it to the second weekend or beyond. You've got to take care of the basketball. And that's not just a one-guy thing. I mean, that's the entire team, for the most part, is turning the ball over way too much. And so, you know, knowing John Calipari, and of course, we're assuming, by the way, that the Wildcats will be able to get by Montana State, which I think they will. But, yeah, I mean, we've and seen Kentucky gets over by Providence. Before. That's the one right, to exactly. watch, right? But the one thing, I mean, if, assuming that you can make it past Montana State, and whether you're taking on John Calipari's squad or Ed Cooley's squad, those are two veteran coaches, and you better believe that both of them will be preaching force turnovers on this Wildcats team. That's going to be the way to beat them. And so I would imagine that either one of those teams, regardless who K-State faces, they're going to try to implement getting Kansas State to turn the ball over because that's going to be the best way for them to win. It is. Um, I, I just... I'm I'm excited about it. I think that Kansas State Kansas State's interesting. Kansas State on its best day it will be able to beat anybody, but there is not as high a floor as a team like Kansas to me. Like the floor is much lower. I think that the ceiling can be as high, but I think the floor is lower, and that makes it really hard to predict Kansas State throughout the tournament. It will have been a remarkable year no matter what happens as long as they don't lose to Montana State, right? They'll be okay, I think, with, you know, as far as a letdown. Like, is anybody really going to be let down if Kansas State runs runs into Kentucky and can't handle Sheepway? Does that feel like a letdown when we think back to the beginning of the year? I don't think it does. No, and I don't so, think so. I, and that's, that's, just a, that, that's just a product of preseason expectations. I do think, though, Here's the other part of it, and I haven't, you know, we haven't talked about it a lot with Kansas State, but we have some. Like, Kansas State's going to lose most of what they have this year, too. So there should probably be a little urgency in making a run because and we don't know what they're going to do in the portal next year, but most of these guys, like the, the most important ones, will not be on the team after this year. So that does create urgency. And you know that Marquise Noel wants to go play at Madison Square Garden, right? Like, they want to get to New York City real bad. And he's not the only one with New York City connections either. He's just the All-American that happens to be. So I, I will probably nervously put them through to the Sweet 16, and then I'll have to really look at it beyond that. And and I think they feel like Elite Eight to me is what is what I feel. I, I think Kansas State, because Kansas State Duke or Kansas State Marquette, I'm not sure. <laughs> I I love it, yeah. but I don't 
This yeah. region is harder. This region's harder to predict to me, I think, than any other region. Um, like, I'm pretty sure I know who I'm taking to the Final Four out of the other regions. I don't know it as much in this region. And, and, and a part of that is K-State, right? Because K-State's very much in the mix for me to, to advance that far. I just... Because I think Purdue and because I think Kentucky are, and because I think Duke are potential bad matchups for K-State, that's what, that's what makes it harder for me to advance them. I, I see more bad matchups potentially for them than maybe, you know, especially Kansas or like Alabama in the other region. I don't know who I'm taking out. Of. I've studied the Alabama region the least of everything so far because it just doesn't have as much interest to me, but... I will, but this one, so this one's the trickiest. What do you consider a bad matchup for Kansas State, a team that is very physical? Or, what, I mean, what is no, your definition a, a of a team, bad matchup a team for Kansas with State? A, big, a team with a big that can disrupt the game because I don't know how Kansas State matches up with that on either end of the floor, quite frankly. They can match up with Edie, you know, Edie's defense that he brings because they can shoot. Right, they, because you could you've got Noel and Keontae Johnson who can both shoot and potentially who could who could get a big into foul trouble, and that'll be a real important thing to watch too, because those guys are so adept, at, and so is Desi Sills. Like those guys are adept at driving the lane. If you can get a whistle, you can get Shibway or Edie potentially in trouble, right? Because you can go at those guys and try and get them early fouls. That would be the key for me if I'm Jerome Tang and I play one of those two teams. I would say let's get physical and see if we can't draw some fouls on those two guys because you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to handle them right unless you can I I, I don't know can't, they just don't match up what are you going to match up with Gasson like who who matches up with Edie or or Shibway? I, I I don't think they've got yep. it right and and that's a, that's a, by the way that's a challenge for most teams that those two schools play and so Purdue is probably here's what I think about Purdue we're probably all underselling Purdue. They've got the experience. They've got the, the player. They've got all of these things. The coach. Purdue's probably more likely to get to the Final Four than anybody's given them credit for. I don't know why that is. And that's just and, – and we'll see. I don't know. I wish there was a way to, like, collect all the brackets and see what the general public is thinking, right? Because I get the feeling that not everybody's all bought in on Purdue. I'm not. I, and I think most people aren't either. I, I don't know, but Kansas State, a bad matchup to me, is is trying to match up with a big on both ends of the floor, and this region happens to have a ton of them. I certainly don't think that, as far as the number one seeds, that America in general uh, is fully behind Purdue. I think that if you had to pick a number one seed that everybody, I think for the most part, feels, I don't know, maybe the number one seed that you're most confident in is probably Alabama, right, out of the four. Um, it's for I me. It's think, Houston and Kansas. It's Houston really? and Kansas for me. So yeah. I would say Alabama. I think Alabama probably is the number one seed that I'm most comfortable with. We watched. We I can't get Oklahoma crushing Alabama out of my head. I I can't. It was two months ago. It was a while I know. ago. I know. I just I can't get it out of my head. And yeah, they've done a tremendous job. Uh, Nate Oates has getting that program where it is, and they've navigated a really complicated and, and bad situation this year. And I don't know how much that plays into it now with the national media all over this from every perspective possible. But I, I'm going to pose this question, and then you can answer it when we come back from the break, Tommy. And listeners, 869-1240. Switch places. Put Kansas 
where Kansas State is and Kansas State where Kansas is, where do you think would be the worst spot for Kansas? Everybody talks about the strength of the West, and there is strength in the West. But honestly, I'd rather see Kansas where they are than where Kansas State is based on what's in that region. Would you rather see KU with K-State's run to a potential Final Four or where they're at in the West? I'd rather them be where they are right now. I think partially because Kansas State is a three seed, so you're dealing with Purdue and you're dealing with Marquette as the one and two. And then there are some other like terrible matchups for the Jayhawks in that region. But they wouldn't Tennessee. but they wouldn't play Purdue or Duke until the Elite Eight, right? So it's Marquette. Right. Right, but the, you know they've got the the potential matchup against a Tennessee, and then of course Kentucky with Oscar Shibwe and that dominant big, and we know that uh, the Jayhawks don't really have that. So I mean that there are some bad matchups in that region too if you're the three seed. So yeah, I think I'd rather be the one in the West than the three in K State's region. Well, even if you were the one in the East, right? Even if you just swapped out Purdue, yeah. uh, you'd have. Duke there, which, you know, we know in Kentucky who they both played, but you'd have Marquette. I just think like when we when we look at these regions and we're like, oh, my God, this is so hard. Sometimes, again, it's about who you draw. And Kansas has a similar deficiency than K-State in that size disadvantage. So maybe it's not such a bad thing. All right, let's talk about the Shockers a little bit here, Tommy. And again, we've got a long time to do all this. A couple of emails, somebody reached out and said, what about Beard? Well, Beard's going to Ole Miss. And Prome from Murray State, no thank you for me. Um, uh, Prome, of course, left Iowa State, now at Murray State. I don't know how much did – I assume Kevin Saul made that higher. But I don't know. He hasn't been – he didn't have a ton of success at Iowa State. Murray State isn't in the tournament, are they? So I, no, I wouldn't th- think he's been a lot those. better. He was a lot better at Murray State than he was at Iowa State. That's for sure. Yeah, they were 17 and 15 this year. They had the same record as Wichita State, basically, by the way, and finished seventh in the Missouri Valley Conference. Wichita State finished sixth in the American. So no for me on prom. Um, OK, what about uh, what about Beard? Well, Beard's gone. And then we got another email here from Sydney, who's weighed in a couple of times on Isaac Brown. And he is in uh, Sydney is in the line of basically you don't make that decision that quickly unless you have a home run, you know, unless you have a home run lined up, which, again, is where our initial gut went with this. Um, I don't think it's a slam dunk that that's the case because I think there could be a financial component. But I do think that it, that's the first thing I thought, too. Uh, Tommy, and you said we have a Facebook message on this. What What is the Facebook message? Yeah, uh, let me pull it up here really quick. I, I do know that uh, we had somebody reach out on Facebook. So give me a second. Let me pull that up. Okay, so we've got Isaac Brown comments coming in. You can always give us those on Twitter, uh, at KWCH Jacob, at Tweets from Tommy, or at KFH Radio. You can, of course, always call with those, 869-1240, and you can give us those throughout the week. And you can email us as well, sportsdaily at kfhradio.com. Yeah, so Greg on the Sports Daily Facebook page reached out and said, I think the Shocker fans need to get over the Marshall era and move on. Brown did well with what he was dealt with. Let Kevin do his job, and we will deal with it. Obviously. I mean, I think we're all going to let Kevin (laughs) do his job, right? Like, what else are we going to do? Well, but Um, I do think that there's a pretty – I do think to his point, there's a decent contingent of fans that – you know, they, they would be really excited for a Chris Jans or a Steve Forbes or, you know, somebody that has those connections to Greg Marshall in that era coming back. 
But I do think that there's an argument to be made that, you know, no. it's maybe time to move on from that era. Getting Chris Jans or Steve Forbes would, would be far less about the fact that they were assistants under Greg Marshall and far more about the, the fact that they've both been wildly successful after they left Wichita State. That's why you would bring one of those guys back. They happen to know Wichita. They happen to both, by all accounts, love Wichita. But it wouldn't be because they were former assistants under Greg Marshall. It would be because they're winning at Power 5 levels at a pretty decent clip. That's why you would bring those guys back. So if either one of those guys would come back, that's who you would bring back. But it doesn't make any sense to me why either one of them would come back unless they love Wichita that much. But I don't know that you can match the dollars that they're making as coaches. And you certainly it'd be very unlikely to me to leave willingly the power five to come back to Wichita state when you're currently having success at that level. I do think, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, one of the thoughts from the email that we received or one of the emails we received talked about how Kevin Saul has talked throughout the entire season about coaching evaluation, evaluating yep. the, the season and all of that at the yep. end of the season. And the point was our, our listener that emailed us, doesn't buy that because the decision was made so quickly after the season was done, as opposed to a long evaluation, which is kind of what Saul has preached to us on this show multiple times. Yeah, there's not uh, there's not administrator in the world that during the season is going to say, yep, I've made my call. We're going to fire this coach at the end of the year. Why? I mean, they're not going to say that publicly. I, I it, you know, of course, that's what Kevin Saul is going to have to say, but outside of some magical run at the end, I think the decision was probably made a while back. Otherwise, w there was no evaluation after the season. The evaluation had already happened. So I don't think you need to read between the lines on that. That that When you fire a coach almost immediately after the season ends, you didn't evaluate things after the season ended. You had already evaluated things. Maybe right. there were some final touches, but, I mean, let's be real. Sometimes you don't have to, like, when you hear things like that, it's the equivalent of coach speak, right? You got to take it one day at a time. Okay. Like, that's what you have to say, right? Like, and so I, I don't I don't worry too much about that. But then I um, wonder what would have potentially changed Well, making the decision. NCAA tournament. Making the NCAA tournament. Right. Is it just simply that? What if they had made it I to so. the championship game against Houston? No. Would that have changed anything? No. Two more wins. I don't know why it would have. Um, I, I don't think so. I think it would have had to be. I think making the NCAA tournament was the only thing, um, because ultimately, when you look back at it, you make that decision as a more holistic, long-term, big-picture decision. Reaching the conference tournament semifinal is not such an earth-shattering thing that it alters that plan to me. I, I don't think there's any way. It was wait to see if they make the NCAA tournament or bust. Uh, by the way, the Shocker women are invited to the NIT which is interesting. They'll talk about that today. Um, so congratulations to them on some postseason. I think that that was due in large part to a big win they had at the end of the year. So um, good for them to be able to play in that. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sports Daily here today on a Monday as we catch our breath. It's going to be a big week.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.